everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. It is a big day. We are starting Exodus 1. And for the month of March, we are running a a contest where you can share this episode or a picture of your journal, your app, the website, however you join the journey to social media, tag Watermark Church, and you'll be entered to win a chance to come sit in on a series of recordings and go to lunch with the Join the Journey team. But at the end of the day, really, We just want to know who's on the journey, what resources you're utilizing, and get to know you all who listen every day. That's for the whole month. But today, I am in the podcast studio with our Exodus One Devo writer, one of our Join the Journey editors, Nikki Krause. Hi. um, I'm pleased to be here, and it's an honor. Nikki, I am so glad you're here. I know that this is—you're usually behind the scenes. I mean, this is different for you. Yes, this is outside the comfort zone. (laughs) I'm glad you've taken this step of faith to come on and would love to hear a little bit just about how you came to Watermark um, and what you're up to these days. What did that look like for you? Um, Well, my husband and I moved back to Dallas um, in June of 2021, so it's coming up on two years. Um, We lived here from 2009 to 2012. Um, and we originally came because we have our son and his family here. Hmm. But in 2012, my husband's job took us to Charleston, South Carolina. So I left with a broken heart, but um, with always the intention of coming back. So now uh, he's getting ready to retire. So um, we moved back and uh, just to be close to family. And actually, I started Join the Journey, reading with Join the Journey back in 2009, and I continued through the whole time that I was in Charleston. So it's been a long time. (laughs) Wow, that's so encouraging. I know we have people who listen who don't live in Dallas and don't go to Watermark, and that was your story for a little while. It was a good connection. Yes, and now you are a faithful editor. (laughs) And I am so grateful for your diligence in editing all of these devos that come, come through each day. So we're in Exodus 1, kicking off a new book. Why don't you just start walking us through the chapter? I know you've got about four things we wanted to hit on. So what's the first one? Well, the chapter starts out where Joseph and his brothers have died, and there's a new king um, in Egypt, and he knows nothing about Joseph, doesn't remember him, doesn't know what he did. Um, And that kind of got me to thinking about legacy. You know, we know Joseph's legacy because it's written for us in Scripture, but I started thinking about my own legacy as I read this, and like, what kind of legacy do I want to leave for my family. Um, you know, and things that come to mind are like, okay, she was a good wife and a loving mother and a sweet grandmother. And those are all good things. But I want more than that. I want to leave behind more than that. So, and my oldest granddaughter is about to turn 15. So at mm-hmm. my age, there's a good possibility, like I might not even get to meet my great-grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So they may never know me. So what do I want them to know about me? Um, and that kind of took me to what Paul wrote in Galatians in his letter. And at the end of the first chapter in Galatians 24, he wrote, and they praised God because of me. And that just struck me as like, that's the best legacy that I could leave behind, you know, and I hope that I could live a life that people would say that about me after um, I pass away. So that kind of, that also kind of shows you like where, I go when I'm reading scripture, like mm. how God leads me to different things than you might 
you know, that might actually jump out at um, in the words. It's like my mind just kind of, it's like a personal message for me. Which is, which is awesome. I mean, you're saying, you're looking at the first por- portion of the text, and we see uh, Joseph's gone, and there a new king comes up, and he doesn't remember Joseph. But the Israelites, they probably remember Joseph. Oh, yeah. Like they they, they passed down their story, absolute, so they absolute, surely did. Yes. And what you're doing is you're saying, here's an example in the Scripture. And oftentimes we do this with, is there an example to follow or an example to avoid what not to do? And so looking at Joseph's legacy and saying, what kind of legacy do I want to leave is a great way to think about our own lives as we reflect on the story God's given us. What else? Um, well, then farther down in the chapter, in verse 11, it says, So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. Um, and the Israelites, when Jacob came to Egypt, they were about 70, and they just continued to multiply. That was God's promise to mm-hmm. Abraham. And they grew so large that Pharaoh got worried, and he was worried about losing control over them and them rebelling. And um, there's some debate about how large they were at the time of the Exodus. I've read anywhere from like 30,000 to 2 million. Which is crazy. Yeah, and it really, it doesn't matter really what the number was, because if it was important, God would have told us. But what's important is that he, God, was faithful to his promise to grow them, even in spite of... um, Pharaoh's choice to brutalize them. You know, Mm -hmm. they continued to multiply. When that didn't work, you know, they continued to grow and to multiply. Then Pharaoh went on and made another choice. And um, in verses 15 and 16, he ordered Shifra and Pua, the two Hebrew midwives, to kill all the Hebrew boys as soon as they were born. Now, you have to think about, like, these were ordinary women, just like you and me. Mm -hmm. Like, they— they didn't see how they fit into God's plan, but they sure. did. Um, you know, and the same thing happens to us. And they had the courage to defy Pharaoh because they feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. Mm. That's kind of what I talk about when I wrote my Devo um, for Join the Journey. So yes. I'm going to like not talk too much about that because you can read it. But You can. Um, Jointhejourney.com. It's there <laughs> waiting for you. But there is a difference in the kind of fear that they had for God and the kind of fear that they had for Pharaoh. Mm. Um, so they followed God even though— they faced the possibility of being executed because— sure. They disobeyed. Yeah, he had that power over them. And then God rewarded them for that faithfulness. So that kind of brought me to the question, like, doesn't God tell us to o- obey and respect the people that he's put into authority? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's in Romans thirteen seven. Right. But then I remembered and I thought about how, you know, if our authority goes against what God is telling us to do, then mm. we follow God. Right. And that's what they did. Even, you know, in in their fear of what could happen, they followed God and, and he rewarded them for it. Absolutely. So that was Pharaoh's second choice for the Israelites. And um, then toward the end of the—well, at the end of the chapter in verse 22, when it didn't work with the midwives, um, Pharaoh gave an order to all of his people— that they throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. So that decision of Pharaoh's kind of opens the door for stepping into the next chapter of of Moses. Um, So he made all of those choices. So I had two really big takeaways from this chapter. And the first one is um, 
with all of the things that Pharaoh did to crush and subdue the Israelites, God was faithful still to his promise Mm -hmm. um, to Abraham to make a great nation from his descendants. And because God's unchanging, he's faithful to his promises still. So, you know, there are thousands of promises in Scripture for us that God's faithful to. So, um, you know, it's a it's a good practice, I think, to um, just spend some time in Scripture and and read those promises and just reinforce our own faith um, that that God will bring those to be. Absolutely. Um, and then my second takeaway was that, and this was this was the big point for me in this whole chapter, um, that God's plans will not and cannot be thwarted by man. Hmm. His plan and his purpose is always accomplished no matter our choices. It's not accomplished because of our choices, and his plans are not accomplished in spite of our choices, but he accomplishes his purpose and plans through our choices. Mm. So, you know, our choices, definitely, we can make good choices and bad choices, and, you know, those affect the circumstances of our lives, but it doesn't affect God's plan and purpose. So um, there are there are consequences to bad choices, you know. So we want to avoid that. We want to be faithful, um, but we can count on God, God to show up even yeah. when we make the wrong. Yeah, choice. using our choices, no matter what they are, to still accomplish His plan and purpose. Mm. So that was kind of like my overall takeaway from this chapter. That's awesome, Nikki. Thank you so much. We're out of time. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, you did it. I'm I'm blessed by your faithfulness and commitment to to studying God's word and, and sharing with us today. So thank you for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.